What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I'm your host, David. I'm joined with today, Jen. Hey, guys. Leo. Ahoy, Captain. And it'll and his all his glory. What's up, Rye? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we are back after a nice Academy Awards last week. The postpartum has begun for I was me. Say, how do you feel now? <laughs> I took a day off. You've worked so hard to get to this moment. I took a day off. And I already started. You remind me of like Bill Belichick and like Phil Jackson <laughs> and like all these great NFL coaches and NBA coaches where it's like you work for a championship, you win the championship, and then the next day you like, you know what, it doesn't matter, and I gotta prep for the next one. Yeah, actually that's just how I feel. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I I see what coaching is all about you now. You should enjoy it, dude. So I went twenty one for twenty four, my predictions. The two that I got wrong, I think the entire world got wrong. <laughs> so I don't feel too bad. I do not feel too bad. Actually, I would say the three everyone got wrong were the majority of the ones people got wrong. Yeah, and, what, and, what, and what three awards? What to, three awards? Yeah. And we're going to get to that a little later, but I do want to get into some news to kick everything off. I'm going to kick off with the news that broke the most recently was the uh, first look at our Pats as Batman. Yes. And... uh the internet went mild. <laughs> yeah. It went red. Actually, no. It went red with anger. It went red with <laughs> anger. That's a good one. So I'm going to just kick it off by saying that the first thing I do when I, fi- I first see a Batman is look at his chin and his jawline. How sexy. I need It needs but to it's be true. perfect. It's so true. So I told Jen, we're, we're watching it together, and I was like, oh, my God, his chin and jawline are perfect. And Jen's like, why are you looking at that? And I'm like, because that's exactly what you have to look at first yeah. when it comes to Batman. For the bat. Our, his jawline is perfecto. Yeah, Pattinson's probably, this is going to be one of the weirdest things I've ever said. He's got the best chin of most Batman. I think so. Right? I actually agree with you of 100%. all the Batman, yeah. Right, what do you think of that first look on the, on the jawline? On just the jawline? Yeah. I mean, you're right. He does have a really good one. I think Affleck had a little bit better one, but he's up there. I mean, when he was a bigger chisel. Yeah, he's more. True. I think outside of Kilmer, and hear me Kilmer's out on Kilmer. lips were terrible, though. The problem with Kilmer was always something that really irks me. When you write Batman, I mean, be- everyone has beauty marks. Mm-hmm. Just can't control that. But when you're Batman, you shouldn't have a, like a beauty no. mark right on your face because you it's t- easier to identify yeah. <laughs> who Gee, Batman is. Who could Batman possibly be? be? So when like I watch Batman Forever and the Riddler figures out who Batman <laughs> is, and I'm like, no, it has nothing to do with that machine. He just noticed that Bruce Wayne has the same mole in the same spot as Batman. He even puts on a mole himself yes. to make himself look better, remember? Oh, my God. Jim Carrey's so good in that. Um the one thing I found out later, I think Jim Lee tweeted about it, and I can't remember what other comic book uh, artist tweeted about it, his chest. Yes, you told me about this. The, so the, the yeah. guns on his chest are the guns that killed his parents. So is it confirmed that they are guns, or is it still like a theory that they could well, be made Jim from Lee the guns? Well, Jim Lee tweeted, in, I think, an article or a panel that he did <sighs> with 
like bat. It wasn't guns, but it was like a bulletproof vest made from the guns that killed his parents. So I'm thinking those are the guns that killed his parents, which is metal as shit. Now I'm not a huge gamer, but I know that most gamers that play Arkham Arkham Asylum Asylum. have been freaking out about this suit, saying like it's giving Arkham vibes. Like I know you play some video games. It's not the color. Well. I think that people have edited out the red. Mm. It's a black suit. I think Arkham is grayish, like the gray a dark suit, grayish. Right? But the lo- the the bat logo is yeah. pretty much That's on so point cool. with Arkham. It looks. What do you think of the logo? I like it. Yeah, I like the Arkham game, so I can't really. Yeah. I can't really. There's really no complaints I really had, to be honest with you. No. Everyone. Went, oh, the leather mask is the only one that pe- I see people having an issue with. I mean. He went from rubber to leather. It's not really like to me. It's not really a big so deal. The reveal of this bat suit reminds me so much of the reveal of Batflick. Yeah, because he was like a sad brute. Remember, it was like a, like memes came out of him just being sad, looking down. I looked at the internet as the way I looked at reviews or first reactions to Michael Keaton being cast as uh, Batman. That classic one. Um, Heath Ledger being cast as the Joker. Um, ben Affleck being cast as Batman. And at the end of the day, everyone was easily quieted down. I take I take nothing. Like, and then I I put it on uh, the Real Talk Instagram. There's a dark dark victory. It's a Jeff Loeb mm. com- Batman comic. The cover is Batman brooding in red. Uh, so everyone that's complaining, why is he in red? Has never read a Batman comic in their life. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I'm at with that. I'm excited. Film, yeah, filming has started. So obviously we are getting closer and closer and closer. So I'm hyped on that. Jenny, any thoughts on the bat? The bat. Who's your favorite chin? Ooh. Well, she didn't even know bat chins Chris. are important. My favorite chin. Are you really looking up all the Batman chins? Batman. She's gonna say, <laughs> well, it's, it's probably gonna be between Kilmer and Clooney. Here we go. Keaton has the best. I think Keaton has the perfect. Well, no, I think I think Batflick has the perfect one because he's got the little like the butt in the middle, yeah. the butt, whatever it is, yeah. whatever you call it. Um, so I think he's got a good one there, right for the middle. But then I am partial to George Clooney, but. And his shake. Huh? And his shake. And his shake? Oh, yeah, his head. (laughs) She never noticed that. I never noticed it. Until we were watching Batman and Robin, and obviously I've said this plenty of times on here. I love that movie. And I was like, just pay pay attention to George Clooney. Every word, it's just bobbing his head. But he bobs his head in like a lot of what he does. Because when I started to think about it, I remember George Clooney from like, especially from him being on the facts of life during the later seasons. And he does the head bob in the eighties as just as well, but with bigger hair. Once he became a really good actor, he doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. But like, I think it's just like a tick that he has. What about ER? Does he, does he shake his head in ER? I feel like he does. I feel like he does, right? George Clooney, head bob ER. Let's see. So while Jenny's looking that up, yeah, so yeah, that's, I think he does. There it is. That's pretty much our our first take on the new bat. All right. So moving on to, I guess this is really sad news for me. The Goonies are kind of being remade for Fox. So it's a TV show. Yeah. So it's it's being labeled as a reenactment drama. Hmm. So it is pretty much a school that is reenacting the Goonies. Oh, okay. So it's like... So I have the premise here. After failing to make it in New York and carrying a heavy seeker with her, Stella Cooper returns to her distressed 
uh, automotive hometown to substitute teach. She finds inspiration, hope, and ultimately, ultimately salvation when she agrees to help three students who are pursuing their filmmaking dreams by putting on an impossibly ambitious shot for shot remake of The Goonies. Oh, so it's kind of I could get behind this. So I'm glad that they're not doing like the direct yes remake kind of thing. It's an interesting take on it. I wonder what the production is going to be on this. So, Rai, this reminds me of Supernatural, the the musical episode when they go back to the True. school and they're putting on the performance of like the Supernatural thing. Yeah, I can That's definitely a good see episode. the resemblance. Adrian had me skip and go to that episode. It's so good. I love the Goonies. So at least it's not a full-fledged remake, so yeah. that's a good thing. Uh, the other bit of news is not official by any means, but Best Picture winner Parasite may have its lead. HBO is looking at Mark Ruffalo yeah. to take the lead in the Americanized version of Parasite. Woof. I'm still woof on this. It's bon, Apparently, Bong Joon did an interview saying that it, he doesn't want it to be a carbon copy of the movie. It's going to be more of an extension of stories he wanted to and themes he wanted to touch on in the movies, but he didn't have the. F- so maybe you can clear it up. Who is the lead? I would. It's- I think if it follow if it follows the same. I think uh, shout out to Kev. He texted us and he was saying that he thinks Mark Ruffalo would probably be. The father of the rich family. Oh, the if rich they family, if they right? were completely remake it, I think so too. I think he's perfect for it. Interesting. I don't know. Jenny's giving me the look. Like maybe he can be the he can be Song the ri- Ho. I yeah. don't want to be like the spoiler person. Are we talking spoilers? No, I don't want anyone that hasn't seen Parasite. I need to watch Parasite, so we we avoid spoilers. I need to watch Parasite. But like he's dead. The rich dad is dead. As Ryan said that he hasn't seen Parasite, you just spoiled oh. it for him. Good job, Jennifer. Sorry. All right, I'll forget. I have a bad memory. It's all good. Thanks for it, though. <laughs> you said you weren't worried about it. I literally just said, I want everyone to see Parasite. Don't spoil anything. All right. Good job, Jennifer. It's a film podcast. So anyway, so yeah, so that's in the works. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, next bit of news and last bit of news. It wasn't really much this week was uh, Rick Moranis is back to. I'm actually upset about this. Why? Because, I am too. Because for, for my, stupid reasons. Oh, I think me and you have the same fucking reason, right? I can't wait for this. <laughs> Yo, you're filming Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters last year, and you decide to come back for this? <laughs> oh, I was like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? To be fair, though, he is the lead in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And he's a co-lead universe. in Ghostbusters. No, no, no. No, no. He's, he's not. He's subpar he, in, that, part two in those movies. is a co-lead with the Ghostbusters. Not really. No. I'm holding firm no on that. Not really. He's, I agree hell. with David. He's not until the end of the, the movie. He's a plot maybe device. it rises up. Holy yeah. shit. At Both the end of, of the them. movie? Of part two, he's a fucking Ghostbuster. Yes, but like, but he's wearing Egon's like yeah. thing. It's not oh, even legit. He's not, he, it's not his name. He's like, he's like a sidekick oh, slash like mascot. Yeah, he's really not the Lewis lead Tully like that. <laughs> in this movie. Oh no! Oh, it has, it, even Ernie Hudson has more of the yes. billing than Rick Moranis. Technically, did in this movie. if we really want to talk about dialogue. Louis Tully has more dialogue in Ghostbusters than Ernie Hudson. Okay, part one. But still. And part or overall. Two. And part two. But that's because he's like the no. comedic time. But he's no, I would say he is the lead for Honey. I, like you think <laughs> Honey, I Shrunk the Kids or Honey, I Shrunk Ourselves or whatever the whole universe he created. The baby. You think him like that is who you know. Stretch, huh? You don't care about the wife. I'm you don't care about shocked. anyone else. 
You flex like you care about him. I flex because he should be in Ghostbusters where he belongs. But how do you know he's not? He may have, and they're keeping it really quiet. They better. I would. I need to see a Lewis a Lewis Tully cameo. They can't give away. Like if everything. he's married, he needs to be married to Janine. They need to have yeah. little nerdy yep. baby yes, somewhere. Yes. It, that, yep. That's Janine where I is need. in the movie. You never know. Well, Janine needs to be in the movie. There's no Ghostbusters without Janine. And there is Ghostbusters without Louis Tully. Well, he is a Ghostbuster. He he's is a, a Ghostbuster. Buster. He's a major. You, he's a major part of the story, no matter what, <laughs> on both ends, on the and first one and the second. We were one. watching part two yesterday because it was on TV, and nice. his exact words when he thinks he took down the museum and got rid of, he's like, "I did it! I'm a Ghostbuster." He's a Ghostbuster. <laughs> he's a Ghostbuster. <laughs> I'm just saying. So that pretty much wraps up all the. Wait, there's more news. What? Netflix might bring back Lucifer for an additional yes, six seasons. I guess. If you haven't watched it, you should definitely watch it. It's, it's awesome. It's really, really good. And I was really bummed when they were going to end it at five. But if they end up, and actually I hate that they're actually doing, they're ending, it has five with 16 episodes, but they're splitting it into part one and part two for eight episodes each. And it mm-hmm. kind of sucks because then like you have to wait a little bit longer before you're going to like, just give us the whole damn thing already. But they might have more of a story and they want to bring it back. I mean, it gave them really good ratings. So like there's no reason why they shouldn't. Yeah, and uh, back on uh, on Spin Rack, um, pretty much when we were reviewing the uh, when well when Ryan and I were reviewing the whole uh, DC crossover for uh, CW, like I touched upon how much I was geeking out when Lucifer got introduced as part of that extended universe. Because like if if our, well if our listeners don't know, Lucifer is technically a DC Comics character, just like Constantine is back on like when he had his show on NBC. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, I'm, I love it. I think that. Um, the, the show is super funny and super good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it coming back. Cool. All right. So that wraps up the news for today. Uh, moving on to... A... But wait, there's more. No, I'm kidding. Ryan, it would be so you to just have one little bit of news at the end. <laughs> so it's funny. I actually did have one piece of, it, of news, but it's right. straight up rumor. It's straight up rumor, right, but ahead. I love it. Supposedly, uh, the Keanu Reeves role that he was interviewing with Marvel 4... Um, was supposed to come out in... The rumor is that it's coming out in the Thor movie and it's for the role of Silver Surfer. I can see that. That's a good, that's a good casting. It. Yeah, and then John Krasinski oh, and Emily Blunt. Um, Those interviews are destroying the internet, man. It's going to happen. I, I think so. it's going to happen. I th- I'm very confident it's going to happen and then I will... Oh, 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 I I spoke that into existence for the last like three, four years. Like I God, I hope I'm right on this. Alrighty, so let's get into the Oscars. Just a quick recap of everything that happened last week. Um, Parasite led with four wins, first foreign film to ever lead in wins at an Academy Award, wow. first um, foreign film to get four wins at an Academy Award, and. First movie to hit Best Picture. First foreign film to be given Best Picture. And the internet went crazy. Yeah. It's... I think... I was film Twitter afterward. Happy. I don't yeah. think I've seen film Twitter that happy in a very long time. It was... Awesome. Um, it was all love. Yeah, yeah, it was all love. I mean, I think all of us probably had Joker as our favorite of the bunch. For the most part, yeah. hopeful. For acting, but definitely. I am happy that Parasite won Best Picture. And I think that's, so happy. That's the sentiment that I got. Everyone was like, "Oh, 1917. Oh, Once Upon a Time. Oh, Joker." But I would not be bad if Parasite won. Yep. I um one of the 
nice, funnest, nicest moments was when Parasite won screenplay, and Bond was just looking at the Oscar, and he started smiling. Like, you felt it there. Like, he was so happy to win. And then the biggest shock of the night was when Bond won director. Now, I have some facts for you guys to show you how rare it is. So, this is the second time in history, in the 92-year history of the Oscars, that a director won Best Director without, after losing BAFTA, DGA, PGA, and the Golden Globe. Second, Second time. time. The last time was Steven Soderbergh in 2000. for He won the Oscar for Traffic, but had lost to Ang Lee the same, same awards. Wow. So since it was an upset, it was major, major upset. And to, make it, to show how much of an upset it even is, Parasite was nominated for cinematography. How does that correlate? Only three directors since 1980 has won Best Director without Cinematography nomination. Oh, shoot. So oh, wow. this is like all this is bigger than Moonlight beating La La Land because it, there was nothing. There was no precursor to even let you know that this was possible. Like at least I'm trying to think of I think Moonlight. I'd have to go back and check, but I think Moonlight won Drama Globe. So at least it had something. You're <laughs> like, right. Because it, would, it wouldn't have been comedy or uh, Parasite hadn't even won anything either yeah. except SAG. And then Barry Jenkins won all the screenplay nominations. So it was just like, there was something there, but this was out of nowhere. Uh, in my pool that I do, no one got, everyone had Mendes. Not yeah. one person had Bong, yeah. which is not surprising. Um, this is the first upset, I think, in the best director since Roman Polanski in 2002. Um, that wasn't a sweep kind of year. It was going all over the place. But no one picked Polanski to Got win it. the Oscar because of obvious well, that's, reasons. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> um, but um, the pianist happened to be very, very good. And then there goes that. So that was pretty shocking. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix won Best Actor. Uh, best Speech of the Night. Yay. Best Speech of the Night. Um that Hildor's was nice too. I loved Hildor's. Hildor's win, which is gonna be yay. I think win. I'll say that that's my favorite. Hildor, of the night. yeah. So Hil- it wasn't, you know, it didn't go overly political, overly preachy. It wasn't as long as everyone else. I think I'm gonna go. With and that. then Hildor, with her Come win, on, becomes the first woman to ever win original score when the categories are merged. Because they used to, in the 90s, they split it because Disney was winning score every year. So they split it into drama comedy. And I think a woman won throughout that year. But no woman has ever won score by herself in a, when a category is joined. So that's history that no one's really talking about. Um, another, I have a couple of facts here. What With Joaquin's win, it is the Joker becomes a second character in history to lead two actors to... An Academy Award. Awesome. Can, can can I test you guys? Who's the first? It was. Uh, I was going to ask you. Which honestly. Corleone? It was uh, Vito. And do you know the actors? Uh, it was well. It was uh, Marlon Brando and the great Al Pacino. No, De Niro. Robert De Niro. De Niro. So Godfather One, Godfather Two. I wasn't going to answer because I know. I, think I, think you, I, told you. I even think you even told You've us this, this when, you, when you first when you first dropped the nomination for Joaquin. I was like, it's possible. Like, oh my lord, it's going to happen. Ironic, those four movies are in my my top.
top 10 favorite films of all time, which is funny. So, yeah, Heath Ledger won for The Dark Knight, and Joaquin now went for the for Joker. Um, now with go ahead, Joker go ahead. not winning the big award, like not winning Best Picture, what do you guys think it will take for a comic book movie to get that award, if it any, never if will. Joker couldn't win it? it never. Will. Whoa, whoa, no. easy with never. As long as I'm breathing, a comic book movie will never win Best Picture. And I can How about like a Heart of Ice kind I would, of story? I would take this bet right I'll now. take that bet. Yeah? Yeah, I'll take that bet. Oh, cool. $5 Canadian. Got it. <laughs> Can't wait. Isn't um, that like naming, seven US naming, dollars? Naming rights to your firstborn. Done. <laughs> because my kid will be born already, so no worries about that. Um, I was like, um, excuse me, there's two people that are involved in that here, bet. Here's my thing. The Academy David has no say. The Academy will have to be so changed. Yeah. I didn't even... And complete disclosure, we, we discussed this back in October. I think... It, I, I felt it was a possibility... I didn't know the Academy was this ready for it. Got it. I personally don't think that Black Panther should have been the first Marvel movie to get in. I agree. I think there's better Marvel movies. I like Black Panther quite a bit, but I think it, Black Panther was in the right place at the right time for a comic movie to get in. I think Joker's better than Black Panther in yeah, terms of what it's trying to say. Head uh, yeah, I think Joker is too divisive to ever have a chance. Huh. I actually think Joker is a type of movie. It's an Oscar-like too movie. divisive. And I, I feel like, no, 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 but this is where I think that, like, I don't, I agree with David in the sense that I don't think there'll be, unless it is something that will sort of replicate Joker, and maybe mm-hmm. it's in another 10, 15, 20 years. But I think Joker was the closest that we got to having a comic book movie because it's also not really a comic book movie. Don't tell Leo that. It's, it's true, is. though. It's absolutely a comic book movie. It's really, but it's, it's, based off of a comic book character but it's not in the style of like i'll give you an example birds of prey is a comic book movie deadpool is oh, a comic book that. movie traditional it has, traditional, traditional. Yes. it has what those like tropes are like that like where you have that sort of like that comedy and like just like it it, it in that style even just from the art and the brightness of the colors and think but joker is not it's not in the traditional sense, and I feel like that is the closest that we're going to get yes. for a long time. I think time. the win... I do agree with Teddy completely there, yeah. I, I think the win, and I think I said it in nomination morning, the win for Joker was leading nominations. That was his win. And obviously, Joaquin and Hilda winning. And honestly, the movie won for its best two things. Yeah. yeah. Actor and score. Those are the best two things of the movie. It sucks it couldn't get... Pers- if Roger Deakins wasn't nominated, I think it would have won cinematography. cinematography. I think it was easily number two. It was those two and everyone else, I think. Uh, but yeah, right. I don't I don't think it's going to happen. You so like a Heart of Ice story? I was going to say, in the last 10 years, though, we have seen a drastic increase in comic book movies being taken seriously. Because even as much as I didn't love it, Logan started it. Black Panther oh, came Logan. out, which no one yeah. talks about. Like, like Logan's the one that started this it's trend, speeding it up. Yeah, like I, so I can much. see this well, taking a Dark Knight started this trend. Dark Knight too. Well, Dark Knight it changed, changed the everything. Rules. Changed. They made the yeah. Academy change the rules. Uh, if we get another Dark Knight, it can win Best Picture. It has to be. A, it, it has to be a Dark Knight. Gotcha. It cannot be a Joker. I will say that most likely it will either be an indie comic book or a DC comic book that takes it. Yeah, it'll made. be a Batman movie. That Hopefully, wins it, I think. Yeah. I think it'll be a Batman movie. If it ever does happen, which I, like I said, I feel confident saying as long as I'm alive, it's never going to happen. Cool. And I think people need to really be realistic that this foreign film winning Best Picture thing is not going to happen again anytime soon. But you must, <laughs> you must be kicking out too, though, because at least it's making people pay attention to foreign films Yeah, which entirely. they haven't before. It's funny because um, 
I went with my head for these picks this year instead of my heart for best picture. And this is the first time I've been wrong in three years on Best Picture because I went for my head instead of my heart. I went all week like, I think Parasite's going to do it. I th- and I told, I kept fucking telling you guys. I was so indecisive. <laughs> I was like, I think Parasite's going to do it. I think Parasite won because everyone loved it. It wasn't like... like ev- you mentioned like, the whole like the voting thing, right? Everyone picked it as their number one. I guess. Probably, I think it probably was like between one and three. Everyone had it one and three, and I think that's what pushed it over the nice. top. Um I, yeah, I, I this love that Paris I had. I knew it at SAG when it won SAG. Yes, everyone standing gave, ovation, standing ovation, and everyone just loved Bong. Bong is like so awesome. Uh, yeah. To finish up on Joaquin here, real quick, real quick, Joaquin becomes the first with the Joker win becomes the first character comic book character to win a lead actor award. Also, with Joaquin, it becomes the two actors that won for Joker: Heath Ledger and Joaquin. Those actors swept the season. Oh. They won all five award shows, which is cool. Renee's win. She becomes the first actor in history of the Academy Awards to sweep a season twice. Wow. So she swept for Cold Mountain, and then she swept now for, for Judy. I think she's still giving her speech, though. <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think going back yet. to, like, you didn't say what was the worst speech of the night. I would give it to Renee Zellweger. I think she had to follow... Joaquin and it was like I think mm-hmm. she tried to do something different and to sort of be like that preachy again. Yeah. And like I it think her failed. I think her problem, I think I don't know if you agree, is that everyone just wanted to see if Parasite was gonna do it. I think by then we got Joaquin's great speech and then we got Renee, which everyone knew was gonna win. Everyone just wanted to see Parasite win best picture. And then Rai, you said that you like Bond's speech the best. Which one? Yeah. <laughs> which one? He had so many. The first it was one. the one where he was just thankful to the whole crew, and then he's like, "Okay, I'm ready to go drink now." Yeah, that was probably the best ending it. to his speech. I think you caught, you nailed it there because I think he thought he was done. He thought he was over. Yeah, he, he was thought like, he was he, done. Like, I'm going to drink the rest of the night, and then like after every award he won after that, I worried for his health. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, they're gonna find him in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. This is the greatest <laughs> night of his life. I think Bong's still drinking. <laughs> Seriously, deservingly <laughs> so. Deservingly so. Um. This is bad news for Leo. I'm sorry, Leo. <gasps> but Avengers Endgame becomes the first highest grossing film to receive zero Academy Awards. It was only nominated for one, but yeah. Yeah, which is which goes into my next fact. Marvel ends its 23-film story, because we all consider this like an end, and now we're getting a new beginning, Fair. with zero visual effects wins. Damn. I don't, I don't know how. 23 movies and no, no wins? No wins. That, wow. Well, visual effects. Visual effects, but yeah. still. Because that's, this, that's a category I thought they would have won plenty of times. If it was out of 23 movies, which do you think should have been the, like, the one? For visual effects? Yeah. Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah. yeah. Thanos. Because I think War. Avengers game is good, but I think their visual effects could be a little choppy at times. Mm-hmm. I think Aven- Endgame is a better movie, but visual effects, I think Infinity, Infinity War, War. I agree. They needed to perfect Thanos because if you've noticed in the other Avengers, uh, Ultron and original Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't like how he looked. Yeah. He looked a little too purple. Like, like a little Ivan too purple. Ooze and yeah. Grimace. <laughs> but for Infinity War, it looked perfect. Agreed. Agreed. Right. What do you think of that? Or do you have another movie that you. I was going to say, instead of staying away from Avengers movies, like which single movie do you guys think should have, would have won it? Like one what? Like, so, like one visual effects. I think Infinity Avengers War. movie. I'm saying besides Infinity War. Oh, uh, so looking at... Like, the, say, like, the Doctor Strange or a Guardians movie. Gar- I think Doctor Strange is too busy. 
It was very Inception-esque. Inception won that, didn't it? I'd have to look that up, but I think it did, yeah. That's a good question, right? I think outside of Avengers, uh, maybe... Be Guardians. Ooh, that's Guardians a good one. one. Guardians Maybe. one. Yeah. That's kind of. I'm. I'm just trying to think because they do need Groot and Rocket. That's all visual effects. So really, I think that's it. I think Guardians one would have been like their. And it's also well, really, Guardians two had a lot of beautiful effects. It did, but I didn't like anything with uh, Kurt Russell. I don't like his. Yeah. I didn't like his visual effects at all. I think it was too much on there. So that's kind of. But I'm good with the first Guardians, and then. Um, and I think that's it. That's it with um, with all my Oscar facts. I will say that was um, if if you guys ever get a chance to attend an Oscar party hosted by David and Jenny, <laughs> definitely do it. That was so much fun. Jenny it went was. out of her way to make like all these like sheets and games and stuff, um, little giveaways. I lost everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, super fun. And I even uh, I even managed to capture. The Joaquin win yes. for our Instagram followers. And for anyone that watched to see the video, it's on the uh, the Real Talk IG with me biting my shirt throughout the whole <laughs> nomination. Oh, I also want to shout out whoever decided to show uh, montages of the performances for every category <laughs> and because they were really solid. And I want to give a shout out whoever thought of the idea to conduct the scores for when they were doing the nomination for the scores. I thought that was fantastic. All righty. So did... One other thing. What? Why do you... So the ratings came in a little lower. Why do you think it is? Why do you think it keeps declining? So People I'll don't say, care. Well, I say the declining, yeah, it's declined, but it's still the second highest rated event of the entire year. Because like, we had a bunch of people here, so we definitely took away a few TVs. I just think there's sure. more options of things to watch. True. And people um, just don't like listening to politics on award shows. And I also think I, if someone hasn't watched the movies, yeah. that's a another big factor, right? So, like, the declining audience is going to theaters. Also, if they're not, if the films aren't open everywhere, it makes it harder yeah. to go to a theater to see a Parasite or, like, a Joker. Well, maybe not Joker because Joker was kind of I think everywhere. that's the only one everyone but, saw. Every, but like even yeah. 1917, not nice every out. theater had it. So unless you really want to go out of your way, you're not that going could be it to. Too. Well, yeah, together. I agree completely with Jenny because that's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, we had to see all the movies because we were recording on a weekly basis and we really were invested in this. But like a casual viewer probably only saw maybe like one or two of these movies. No. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we even had a few casual viewers here. Who only saw like two of the movies? Yeah, yeah. I am casual viewer. So. <laughs> Ryan, you disappoint us. No, you need to get yeah, on next year. I have that effect think, on people. I mean, oh no, I plan on next year being just as good as you guys are, as best as I can be. What are you saying? No, Leo? I think I think Jenny's right. I think like the the I guess the accessibility of these films and because let's be honest, the more you watch, the more you're actually invested in who gets to win the award. Yeah. Right, like if Knives Out was nominated for Best Picture, I have a feeling that Knives Out would have been like a heavy favorite by the fans. By the fans, yeah. Well, no, unless you're a Star Wars fan. Unless you're a Star Wars, and fan. you're not gonna like Knives Out at all. <laughs> um, but you know, I see what you guys. I mean, I'm I, I'm on such a different side of this because yeah. I, yeah, I'm obsessed with this stuff, so it's a little bit different. But I, I see Jenny's point. All right, so moving on. Uh, Best Picture decade is over. I ranked them. One through ten. That's a shocker. You never rank anything. I love David. ranking. That makes I'm, no sense. I think. I think. I think it's a guy thing. I've noticed that guys are prisoners of rankings. <laughs> I yeah. love ranking everything. 
I just ever since we're kids ranking the cute girls yeah. in school. Oh, wow, well, wow. Ryan, I didn't, Ryan, I didn't do that, Ryan. Oh, you're on your own there, Ryan. I'm not confirming nor I, denying. I am with the Leo. The girls did it too. I was preview those conversations. I want to hear it. On I the will other plead end. the fifth. Wow. And <laughs> move on to this. All right. So my worst best picture winner of the 2010s. I have the King's Speech. Worst? Hey. Yes. It's such a good movie. Said nobody. It's a good movie. It's a good Colin movie. Firth is great at it. That's where I'm at. Uh, number nine, The Artist. Mm. Nothing there, Leo? No. All right, cool. Number eight, Argo. I haven't seen Argo. Argo's really good. I hear good things. Argo's so good. Long. Uh, number seven is Green Book. Love Green Book. So w- would you have it higher or you think uh, that's around? So I know one of the movies you have high on your list that I don't like at all. Okay, so, so we'll, we're going to get yeah. there soon. Uh, number six, 12 Years a Slave. You like it? You like it? Number five, Shape of Water. Yeah. It's good. Four, Birdman. Love it. Number three, Spotlight. Love it. And I know exactly where you're going. I have two, Moonlight. Yeah, no, no, no. Moonlight would probably be where Green Book is for you. Okay. And then number one is Parasite, easily. Okay. Easily number one is Parasite. Anything different, Jen, on your number one? I would put the artist higher for me, only because I like classic film and like the silent era. So um, I would put that higher. Argo would be lower for me. What's wrong with Argo? Argo, fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same joke the minute you said Argo. I'm like, yeah, I can't hear that ever again now. <laughs> Meh for me. You it's don't... not a bad film. It's just not my, it's not a movie like I can watch it once and I'm good. Like I'll probably never watch it again. And 12 Years a Slave, I haven't seen because I need to be in a mood, I guess, mm, to watch. Fair, yeah. I need to be in a mood. And I have to be in a mood to watch certain movies. Yes. Well, actually, War t- movies, definitely, westerns. Yes. And any movie about slavery because it's such a heavy subject and or Holocaust, or Holocaust actually the Holocaust too, yeah. that is another like Schindler's List. I can't just pop that in and be like, yeah, I'm totally in the mood to watch yeah, this. Yeah, right. Like, I actually no. told Jen, uh, you you seen Twelve Years of Slave? I yeah. watch it. And it's such. I don't a, think it it's that sad as she's expecting it to be. It does have its oh, moment fair. because of where it ends and how everything There's is some up. Intense. Scenes. Oh yeah, intense. yeah. But the, like Lupita, like, I, the scene Lupita won yes, her Oscar. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it's such a bad. It's not I. I don't agree with like covering history because it's part of our history Mm -hmm. and everything. Well, not our history. I mean, we weren't alive when it happened and Mm -hmm. all that, but I think it's, you know, it's still something that like is terrible. And like, I can empathize that like, it's just, it's it's bad. Bad. I have to be, it's just a very, it takes a lot of energy out of you. So you will not see 12 years of slave anytime Mm, soon. Not not, not unless she's in a mood to. Yeah. Like if I feel like, really being depressed all righty so um last year and i like doing this just to see how stupid i am or how right i am i do my year in advance i was shocked. best prediction the first time you ever freaking did this i was shocked that you could do this and so, it's amazing i'm gonna go run through what i did last year some of them you would think i'm a fucking idiot <laughs> some of them i so to i got four right which is still pretty decent. For what, best picture? That I predicted correct that would make it. So I had the Irishman winning. Sucks it went over 10, but I, I had it nominated. I had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood nominated. I got Little Women nominated. I had Ford v. Ferrari nominated. So those four are the ones that I got right. I had A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Don't think I was close there. I had Us. Wasn't close there. The Woman in the you Window. You could have been if it had been more of a Mark- diverse yeah. academy. Um, the woman in the window never was released, and yeah. I don't. Yeah, so. uh, what was that about? 
Amy Adams. It's, it's kind a really, of a, it's a really good book. It's actually. it's Rear Window. I'm not really this. optimistic about the. Movie, well, yeah, but. it's a main release now, so I, it's not doing anything. Uh, oh, I had Knives Out, and I think I was really close there. Really, yeah, Knives Out. Holy crap! What made you put it in Knives Ryan Out? Ryan Johnson. That's dope. I just love Ryan Johnson, and I had a feeling. I saw the cast, and I was like, "Ooh, this looks." Yeah, just to this be fair, looks like it's gonna be really. In good. case, in case our listeners are wondering about this, you based. The best picture nominees before any of them came out. Yeah. Just based on like their cast, directors. Yeah, that's kind of how I like, do it. That's incredible. And then, well, hold your hold your praise here, Leo, because I also predict where do you go, Bernadette? Because of Kate Blanchett. Well, of Kate, but you can't be wrong with that. I mean. And the Goldfinch. Which I even thought was going to do well just because of that freaking trailer broke my heart. Yeah, I was I was surprised. Wow. So now it's time to do this year. What do you have for this year, Black David? Widow. Black I, Widow. I, I, I didn't even tell Jenny because I know some no, of these. No, I don't know. I, I, some of these are, are up Jenny's alley. Oh, he never, no. for our listeners to know, he, David never shares his list with me prior. Like, he doesn't talk to me about it because he wants me to be surprised on the episode. He's going to name one movie that's going to make you flip a table, isn't he? No, no, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh it almost made my... It's Number winning one. best picture. It oh, almost did. No. But I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it because it's a remake. And okay. I, you know how I feel about remakes. Alrighty. So my number 10 is Sofia Coppola's next film Ooh. called On the Rocks, starring Bill Murray. If Here's a premise. Follows a young mother who reconnects with her larger-than-life playboy father on an adventure through New York. Bill Murray's definitely the Bill playboy. Bill Murray's the father. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have him winning supporting actors. He's a deadbeat. Ooh, if Bill Murray wins an Oscar, I'm fucking going crazy. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Because Jenny hates Bill Murray, and she doesn't know how much I love Bill Murray. Bill Murray wins an Oscar, I'm going fucking bananas. I don't hate Bill Murray, but he's... How can you hate Bill, Bill Murray, He's Jen? always Bill Murray in everything. He no, does. he's not. He's like this grumpy old man. Yeah, he's a curmudgeon, he's rapey dude. He's curmudgeon-y. Hey, hey, do not speak bad about Bill Murray like that. It's the truth. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. So my number nine, I have a movie called Stillwater. It's directed by Todd McCar- Tom McCarthy, who directed Spotlight. Ooh. It stars Matt Damon, Abigail Breslin, and Camille C- Cotton. So this one's based around a man who works to exonerate his estranged daughter of a murder she did not commit. Ooh. So that's... Is where- Matt Damon the dad? Yeah. Nice. The only thing that worries me is Matt Damon plays Matt Damon in every movie, so he's really going to have to knock it out of the ballpark I think ballpark Matt Damon here. has more range than Bill Murray. Um, I don't think so with the great Bill Murray. The great films, like, I compare oh, the two got greats. It, got it, got it, got like, it. Like, Lost in Translation. Like, Highs versus Highs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair, 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 fair. fair. Uh, more consistent, Matt Damon. 100% agree. All right, my number eight is probably the one I'm most, the second one I'm most excited about is Guillermo del Toro's next movie. Ooh. It's called Nightmare Alley. It's an upcoming thriller um, based on the novel by the same name. I'm going to run through this cast for you. Oh, my, my gosh. I I think it, the reason I have it a little higher is because I'm not sure if it's actually going to make it to the to release. Mm. It's filming right now, so I, I'm not sure. So give me one second. I am pulling up the cast for this movie. All righty, here we go. Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara, Kate like Blanchett, William it. Defoe, what? Tony Collette, Ron Perlman. What? Wow. Richard Jenkins. Whoa. He returns. He's back. No Octavia Spencer? <laughs> uh, not on this first cast listing, no. Wow. I mean, that, that had me at hello. <laughs> wow. 
All right. Next up, I have The Trial of the Chicago 7. That is directed by Aaron Sorkin. Uh, starring an ensemble cast that includes Sacha Baron Cohen, Eddie Redmayne, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Keaton, and Mark Ryland. Jeez. The trial uh, is based on the story of seven people who were charged by the federal government with conspiracy inciting the inciting to riot and other charges related to anti-Vietnam War and co- countercultural protests that took place in Chicago, Illinois, in 1968. Wow. And um, Michael Keaton and Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Man. Sorkin is. Yeah, Sorkin's wow. Second film he's ever directed. This film has been in, in in limbo forever, but they couldn't get a director, and Sorkin had written the script, and he was just like, "All right, I'm just going to direct it." Dope. So that's kind of how it's, so it's like a pet project for him too. Yeah. Then it's like, "Oh, that's going to be cool." That's why we haven't because he's writing the Lucy movie. That's why we haven't gotten it because he's working on this. Wow. So I think after this, we're finally going to get the Lucy movie, which wow. I'm so hyped. Kate Blanchett is playing Lucy, so that's. Much, Ask Jen how she feels about much that. Much to the chagrin of, uh, of Jenny. <laughs> uh, the next one is Netflix's first movie of next year, uh, The Five Bloods. That's Spike Lee's next movie. Ooh. So Sp- uh, this one's... So it's a Spike Lee joint, is what you're saying? Yes. Giancarlo Esposito, Chadwick Boseman, Ooh. Isaiah Woodlock Jr., Clark Peters, Delroy Lindo... Uh, this is a film that follows a group of veterans from the Vietnam War who return to the jungle to find their lost innocence. Wow. So it's Spike Lee. So it could be hit or miss. Yes. This one may be the one that I think may not make it because. I mean, Bozeman is a pretty good talent. He's got a pretty good like nose for good movies. I agree. Um, my number five is I'm a huge stand for Christopher Nolan. Uh, Tenant. I don't know what it's about. It's about Christopher Nolan. It's about Christopher Nolan. That's all you need to know. I don't know what it's about. So, it looks so cool, Yeah, though. it looks so cool. The trailer looks great. And is Hans Zimmer doing the music for this? Hans Zimmer is of doing it. Of course he is. Uh, John David Washington is in his lead. Our Pats is uh, supporting in that. Nice. So I don't know what it's about, but it's a Christopher Nolan movie, so it's always going to be on my list. Number four is The Fresh French Dispatch, which had its first trailer yes, this week. Yes, we saw it. Yes. Uh, Wes Anderson's next movie. It, it stars everybody. <laughs> Literally. Uh, the film is described as a love letter to journalists set at an outpost of American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city centering on three different storylines, which that's what he does. I'm going to tell you production design is over. Yeah, I know. I love watching those movies, his movies, because of that specific. They always they look production so design. cool. Yeah, they look so cool. Um, number four is the un- is Untitled Bernstein Project. This is also Netflix. Bradley Cooper stars as Bernstein, who also was a composer. Leonard Bernstein. Leonard, oh, sorry. Of Leonard Bernstein, who was also the composer of? West Side Story. Thank you, because that leads to my number number two. What a segue. Uh, West Side Story. Gross. Take it off your list now. It's Ryan and Leo, it's getting nominated, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, yep. look, it's, it's, it's got all it's the... It's Steven Spielberg. It's got everything, yeah. It's a remake of one of the... Both biggest winning best pictures of all time. It's gonna get nominated. No, okay, it is. Jenny's giving me the stare. We're just hoping out that it's good. Let's just hope that it's. I think good. it'll be fine. I trust Steven doing Spielberg. Doing non musical version of it and getting rid of the best parts of it. Wait, it's not a. It's a no, musical. I thought it was a non musical. No, I'm making oh. fun of Mulan for that. Oh no, I think Mulan. Oh, no, Mulan, Mulan looks good. Mulan I think Mulan really looks good. good. Yeah. Uh, all right. I can't so, get into it. I don't know. It's just me. I think I don't know. I mean, we'll I'm see what happens in, in I think a few weeks. But I think it looks adaptation. good. Yeah. All right. And my number one, who I have winning Best Picture next year, is Mank. What? David Fincher's <laughs> Mank. 
Mink or Mank? Mank. Mank. Who yeah. is? Do you want to know who? Want to tell everyone who Mank is? Mankowitz. Yes. Oh. Well, I don't know his. He is a here. screenwriter of Citizen Kane, and the movie is based on his time writing Citizen, Citizen Kane. Kane? Yep. Oh, that's cool. The movie is in Biopic. black and white. And this sounds like the Academy's like, yeah, this is like tailor made for the Academy. And it stars Gary Oldman as Mankiewicz. Oh, please have, please tell me you have him nominated for best. I have him winning. Yes, I have. Uh, remember I told you guys off the line. He's a tough one though. Play Mankiewicz. No, like he's a tough. He's got, he's got some bad history. Also, who Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman. What? Help me out. Um, isn't he? Is it sexual or is it harassment? I, I allegations. Don't know. I haven't heard anything. Or abuse. I really? Heard anything. Yeah. He's, he's Commissioner uh, Gordon. I haven't heard well, anything. I he's Commissioner Gordon and he's Dracula. Uh, it might be <laughs> abuse. Um, okay. So while Jen's looking that up, uh, I'll read a little bit more about the premise. So, like I mentioned, it, it revolves around Herman Mankiewicz and as he wrote Citizen Kane and the problems that arose during the filming, which everyone should Wikipedia that or YouTube that wow. because there were a lot of problems. It's domestic violence. Mm. And um, that's why the movie didn't win Best Picture and all that. So Gary Oldman is playing Herman Mankiewicz. Amanda Seyfried is playing Marion Davies. Lily Collins is Rita Alexander. Um, Tom Burke is playing Orson Welles. Tom Pelleffrey is playing Joseph Mankiewicz. Oh, I love Tom Pelleffrey. He's from... um, Iron Fist. Oh, okay. So uh, the only issue that that may come with people with this movie is that it's in black and white and it is uh, Netflix. So can you imagine, by the way, I'm pretty much done with these predictions and we'll see what happens in the year to come. Um, can you imagine that? Not, I want to be on the fly on the wall of that meeting at Netflix Monday morning after the Oscars. Neon won Best Picture, a studio that's only been around for two years. And they would probably feel even more... Like they let Bong go. They had Bong on Netflix. Did they really? Yeah. Wow. So I, I it wasn't a a just Netflix studio deal, but he was a Netflix. They could have probably gotten Parasite if they wanted to. Wow. So that's that's the crazy thing about all that. So yeah, we have a year's worth of other movies that are coming out too. But those are your picks. Yeah, I think. Um, I feel good about Mank. I really do. Because I think David Fincher is overdue. And I love everything David Fincher was, especially the social network. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be an episode of us unless you dropped social network. Aaron Sorkin and David Fincher. Look at so, that. yeah. So that, that brings us to what we're here for today. We decided to rank our top 10 performances and scenes now if you've heard this before it is because we did this a few years ago but there are new characters in the game on this podcast so we decided to do this all over again and do have a fun redo so with that being said jen do you want to kick us off sure actually no let me rephrase that jen will not be kicking it off because (laughs) jen is going to be the voter because she will vote for the best list of the three of us what are you looking for on these lists jen i need i need seasoned actors i need people that really give you a raw performance i need something that stands out from all the rest when this character goes well above and beyond from anyone um anyone on their cast Anyone that supports them. And and I thought she was just going to say, I need all women. I kind of need Dang a it. lot. Had I known she was voting, I would have put DiCaprio as my one through ten. 
<laughs> would have been like DiCaprio and this, DiCaprio and that. So I'm going to say they this is actually be good DiCaprio performance. This was really hard. Yeah. That's what she said. That's what she's like, oh, this, well this, done. This was really, really hard. It was one of those like. I felt bad putting all men. I don't have any women on my list. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that there's maybe one woman that's going to show up on these lists. Well, yes. I have. I'm going to give one. that prediction. I right have now. a few women on my honorable mentions. And it's just like I, have one. I had I had a woman at my number 10. And then I recently saw a movie that this performance was my number 10. And it gave me like goosebumps. But do you and it think... reminds me of every time I watch it, I mm. feel like it gets better and better, their performance. So I don't think it was prisoner of the moment. I think it was just really That's like... Fair. Well, That's fair. right. It's natural for you to look at a performance and f- if you feel really strongly about it, that they did like a terrific job. It's because a piece of you, right, when you're watching a movie, you can relate to that person. Fair. Yep. Right? So like you could, I mean, you may not go with, I'm pretty sure I know one of David's performances that's going to end up. If not, it's, it's probably his number one. But like he's never going to do that, let's say to me, but I could see him where like he's feeling the mm-hmm. intensity of this performance. Yeah, that's exactly it. And he's I know like what you're talking about. thinking about it and he's like, wow, like that, like if he was thinking if I were in his shoes, you know, would I do yeah. the same thing it's, or whatever? Like, it's someone that, like, you relate to. So, in that sense, I'm also not surprised if you really don't have many females on yeah. there because mm. I would have the tendency to sort of relate. While I can watch both and know if one is a stronger performance, I can relate more to the female. Yep. Yeah. Alrighty. So, let me kick this off because I do have a few honorable mentions. Um, I have Vivian Lee from Gone with the Wind. I have, Vi- by the way, s- stupid me a few weeks ago. I guess we were in the rush of recording. I said Scarlet O'Hare <laughs> instead of Vivian Lee. My bad about that. But I do have Vivian Lee in Gone with the Wind and Vivian Lee in Streetcar Named Desire. I think those two performances are probably the two best female performances I've ever seen. Nice. Especially Streetcar Named Desire. She is so, so, so good in that. Um, I have Jack Nicholson in Chinatown and Cuckoo's Nest as an, another honorable mention. Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. Al Pacino in Dog Day Afternoon. Gloria Swanson in Sunset Boulevard, Meryl Streep in Sophie's Choice, and Betty Davis in All About Eve. So those are my honorable mentions. All righty. Uh, I'm lying. And Jimmy Stewart in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. And It's a Wonderful Life. He didn't even make your list. No, sorry. I'm and not I, voting for David. I, I, I figured. <laughs> and, and Leo's not on my list either. So alrighty. So my number 10 is J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. Um, so... I think probably before Joaquin this year, it was my favorite performance of the decade. Wow. It is so strong in terms of the emotional impact of that performance in terms of like, you don't like Miles Teller, but I think that's JK and Miles, their chemistry together. Just put that performance on another level. There are so many scenes in that movie that stand out that are awkward. They're just not awkward, tension. Tension. You You as the viewer feel like, at not at ease because you're just watching this guy just pretty much verbally eviscerate his student. Um, if I'm gonna pick a scene, I think uh, were you rushing or were you dragging? Because you think he is taking a liking, but he just progressively were you rushing or were you dragging? And he just keeps going until he throws and he starts slapping him in the face. That's intense. That's so intense. And then I will say the finale. When he's finally, because he had he has that um that drink with him, 
after he gets fired and he pretty much says that he never had anyone that reached the potential he expected. And at that moment at the end, he finally realizes that Andrew is reaching that potential. So, yeah, that's my number 10. I have J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. My number nine is Marlon Brando from playing Terry Malloy and on the waterfront. Hmm. I mean, it's probably Brando's best performance outside of the next to the Godfather. But if I'm going to pick one Brando performance, it's going to be this one. Uh, Favorite scene could have been a contender. I think that would be everyone's favorite scene. All right. My number eight is Tom Hanks in Philadelphia playing Andrew Beckett. I think before this movie, people didn't think uh, Tom Hanks would do serious acting. And I think this is the transition from Tom Hanks becoming a list of a list actors and one of the best actors of our generation. His performance in Philadelphia is nice. So, so, so heartbreaking. Uh, My favorite scene is the dance sequence with Joe Miller. And then when Andrew uh, tells Miguel that he's ready. So that's my number eight. My number seven is Robert De Niro in as Travis Bickle in Taxi Driver. Um, Outside of inspiring another performance on this list, I think this... Jennifer, why are you giving me that face? Because I already know what's going higher on your list then. Well, I mean, come on. If you've been listening to any episode this whole season, you know it's going to go on there. (laughs) So, yeah, my, my number seven is Travis Bickle. I think that performance is one of De Niro's best. His second best, actually. Um... Because I think of the time, you see the social media backlash that Joaquin got for playing Arthur and this. I think Travis is not only not only mentally unstable, but he suffers from PTSD. Mm-hmm. And I think it's it shows how our army vets get sometimes left for dead. Yeah. And he's a perfect example of just trying to survive and trying to fit. The perfect example, it's not my favorite scene, but the perfect example is when he goes on a date and he doesn't really know that taking a woman on a first date or any date to like a porn theater is not the right thing to do. But he's so not there in tune with how society really works that he thinks it's okay. So that really stuck out to me. Um Favorite scenes, there's so many here. You're talking to me. The idea of him driving around New York City in the middle of the night, picking up and him picking up different people and just see living vicariously through them and their stories. And then the finale, just him pretty much destroying a whole prostitution ring. And then my number six is a performance. I think I'm the only one outside of Ryan that has seen. Oh, no. Now Leo has seen it. Daniel Day-Lewis, Daniel Plainview, (laughs) There Will Be Blood. It is. Why are you shaking your head? Oh, alrighty. So I think Daniel Day-Lewis is probably the best actor (laughs) that was working until a few years ago in terms of what he does and the roles he takes. He doesn't make a lot of movies, but what he does... And just remember, he's a nice British man. <laughs> and when you saw yes. There Will Be Blood, he's not a nice British no, man, is he? No, no, no. It's such a... Oh, yeah. So my favorite scene, I have two. Um, I have the one where he's being baptized. Yes. And he's like, I've abandoned my child! And then the milkshake scene with the bowling alley at the end with Paul oh, Dano. Oh, nice, nice. I think that's solid as hell. All right. 
Leo, take us through. Yeah, for real. So um, don't have too many honorable mentions. I had to at least mention Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark just because. Which one? Um, part one, Iron Man one. Okay. Um, and I think it's just simply because like the role meant so much to the MCU entirely. But just it was one of those moments where like he became that character. And I think that in my list, it's you become that character. You lose sight of the actor. And you don't even know where the character begins, but you're just watching a character on screen. So my number 10, Denzel Washington as Alonzo Harris in Training Day. Um, Denzel is quintessentially one of the nice guys in Hollywood, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone loves him. Um, So watching him as an asshole and just like a mean, mean, jaded, corrupt cop was a very different role for me seeing him in. Um, And my favorite scene is at the very end, the... Um, King Kong got King nothing Kong on me. Got, yeah, he just goes raw with passion on that. Fun scene. fact about that performance: um, I like that performance quite a bit, but I he won the Oscar that year because Russell Crowe threw a phone at someone. Yeah, it's because Russell Crowe swept the season. It's the only acting, the only Best Actor award in the history of the Academy Awards that had swept the season and, and lost. lost because he just. Fucked himself over during. I think it was after he won BAFTA. Gotcha. So, but yeah, I love that performance. Yeah, my number nine is Marlon Brando, but Which, I I have him as Vito Corleone, the Godfather. Godfather. Yeah, and I to me to me it's just like the opening scene during the BAP during the original um, opening when you see like the family, you get like a sense of the, what kind of character he's gonna be, mm-hmm. and you just understand the gravitas that this character has. Like Vito is running everything, and everyone's making so much of an issue to go even visit him during this uh, during this wedding. Uh, my number eight, Christian Bale as Dickie Ward in The Fighter. Oh, that's a that's a uh, it, out of left field. That's a good one. You know what it is? Um, it, much like how Jenny mentioned, like all these roles or all these things, kind of like they resonate with you. And Christian Bale just looked emaciated, drug afflicted. Like um, my favorite scene is um, when you're introduced to the character and he's shadow boxing mm-hmm. um, and then he's taking little mini breaks to freaking do heroin. Um, and then like he realizes, oh, crap, I have to go. I have to go practice with my brother. And then like he's running over to uh, to, to practice with him. Um, Christian Bale, I thought just he became a degenerate for that role. Um, next up, same number as you. I have Robert De Niro as Travis yeah, Pickle. Well done. Yeah. Taxi driver. Um, and for me, I just put it and like, are you looking at me? When he's like preparing for uh, like the, the the gun in his jacket. Not for nothing. I think he's worse of a person than Arthur because he yes. was going to kill that oh, senator. Absolutely. Arthur was going to kill himself. And then what ended up <laughs> happening happened. And that was six or seven. That was uh, seven. All right. My and you're six? six. Daniel Day-Lewis as Daniel you Plainview. Well done, good for, sir. There will be blood. He made it on your list after one viewing. So, I'm so proud. It's funny because like, this little... I, I had a trouble between my number five and my number yeah. six um, just because like they're both very similar roles, similar actors. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the baptism scene. Like like you said, like Daniel Day-Lewis becomes Plainview. Oh, yeah. Like There's nothing similar whatsoever. If you just pay attention to the subtle, like the way he walks... The way he moves, like his body, the, the way, way he, talks. he gestures, it's like it's incredible how so much he's you in. just saw it. Yeah, what do you think of the movie as a whole? The movie is such a bore. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drag. It's a drag. It's a tough movie. I to think watch. I'm the only one that really. I mean, Jenny has a senior, but I really. I'm. I guess I was just interested. There's of, like the the oil aspect of it. It's gonna sound weird. There's a lot of good scenes. Yeah. Right. There's like the campfire yeah. scene when he's mm-hmm. talking. About, like, there's a, a lot of good scenes, but as a whole. 
I I have to be in a mood if I'm ever gonna watch it again. Oh my god! <laughs> I think I just like watching it for him. Yes, he's worth the price of admission for that. I just think I don't know, and I'm not like an oil tycoon or anything. <laughs> but like I think whenever sure? we watched it the last time, I actually thought of Jen I because wish. she likes Giant. <laughs> she likes Giant, and Giant is like four hours, and it's about oil. Okay, so yeah, but it's about the it's about well, the this dynamic is about, as and, much as it is about the oil, and this is about his relationship too with. Everybody. Everybody. Because he's a piece of shit human yeah. being. Like in the beginning of the movie, I mean, for everyone, anyone that hasn't seen Definitely it. Definitely like, not making me want to see this anymore. Uh, his performance is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yep. When like, I say he's the best actor in the world, I don't say it as yeah. hyperbole. He really is that good. It's insane. Every f- Oscar he won is wor- worthy. Oh, yeah. He's the only actor to win three lead actors. Jeez. Just shows how good he is. So, uh, yeah, that's my that uh, best say. Best. All right, Rye, go ahead. All right. I got a few honorable mentions. Leo in Gangs of New York, Daniel Day-Lewis in There Will Be Blood and in Gangs of New York. <clears throat> uh, Jack Nicholson in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Uh, De Niro in Taxi Cab. Taxi Cab? And, that, what movie the, is that? I've never the, heard of oh, it. I'm sorry. You know what I mean. Sorry. Is that the Taxi Driver? <laughs> sorry. It's the Marvel Cinematic Universe version. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. And I actually wanted to show some love to Affleck and Chasing Amy just for that scene uh, when he's professing his love. I just always feel gut-wrenched in that scene, mm-hmm. so I wanted to show him love there. Um, number 10, I also I did have RDJ for Iron Man. Um, and for me, it is the very beginning, like in, where he does say, in the end, where he does say, I am Iron Man, because that just kicks everything off. Many, many hours of my life gone because of those <laughs> words. <laughs> um, and here's my woman of the group, uh, Gal Gadot, and as Wonder Woman. Is this uh, all superhero movies, right? No, I swear. I, okay. There's not He's many. stealing my shtick. Because <laughs> <laughs> I literally joke with on. Leo. I'm, I'm, you were in the chat. I'm, re- I'm reworking my list. Hold on. Kevin Smith <laughs> is number two. Ke- Kevin Smith. Jason, Jason Muse is going to go number oh, yes. seven. You're fucking up to the wrong person, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Go ahead, Roy. Uh, for that no man's land scene. Uh, I love it. Um, number eight, Sam Jackson, Pulp Fiction. For Good the very one. Beginning. Good one. What's your favorite scene there? Very be- in the beginning, where he's having the conversation with uh, Travolta about rubbing another man's feet compared to <laughs> eating. We'll so, just leave it there. Speaking of, I don't know how we that bypassed that when we were doing our Oscar losses, but that Oscar loss is a travesty of who he lost yeah. to. Who did he lose to? Um, I love The Fugitive, big fan, but he lost to Tommy Lee Jones in that movie. Oh, that's a good role. And man. Uh, no, no, no. Well, again, I mean, uh... it sucks because he's never gotten close again, and I don't think he ever will. Mm. That stinks. That's fair. But go, all right, go ahead, Ray. Um, number seven, I have Marlon Brando for Godfather. Ooh. And I went with the beginning, same with Leo with the wedding, showing the power and just showing the character that he is. And number six, I have Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. I just love that yeah. character so, so much. He makes the movie because the minute he dies, the movie kind of takes a downward spiral. Preach, so <laughs> you've got to give him credit there. And my favorite scene with him is funny how just for how yes. iconic it really is. All right. Take us back around and do your five through two. Five through two. I have Al Pacino and Godfather 2. Oh, it's so nice. low. It's so low. Oh. And oh, for that one, I have, you're not taking my kids. Oh, it's in his top five. You have to give him that. I guess. Go ahead, right? <laughs> um, 
if Kevin Smith four. is ahead of Al Pacino, me, you're going to have a discussion. <laughs> no, I swear he's not. All right, Number go ahead. four, Jared Leto, Texas uh, Buyers Club. I thought he was going to say Suicide Squad. I was so excited. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Suicide Squad. I would have loved you forever if you said that. <laughs> Oh wait! Did I say the wrong? Oh, wait, what? Is that? No, no, you said you said Dallas. <laughs> no, you Buyers said Dallas Club. Buyers Club. I know, I know. Oh, he's so um, good in that. So, so damn yeah. good. Yeah. And the heart, and for me, it was the heart wrenching scene where he confronts his dad and tells him. Mm-hmm. Like I just teared up when I saw that. Number three, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Ooh, um, really? Oh, that's. And for me, I thought it was gonna be higher. Yeah, it, it's. My one, my one, two, three are very interchangeable. Honestly. Okay. Well, not my one. My two and three are though. Okay. Um, and what's your two? And for me, it's the inter- uh, interrogation room scene. Just yes. he just sits yes. there, takes the beating, laughing it off. Like, don't start with the head; it makes them all fuzzy. Like, I just watched it before we started rolling, and I'm like, oh, love it. And number two, I have Al Pacino for Scarface. I just love Ooh. that movie. Interesting. Oh, oh, I I love Scarface, but um, just just it's um it's when Al becomes Al Pacino today. I think, I think that's the yeah. movie that you transition from Al, the well versed actor that to, can do anything, to Al. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Al Pacino and Scarface, <laughs> but that transition, I think the first time that he really scream screams, yes, was in Scarface, and then we get Heat. That. She's got a great ass, <laughs> and you got your head all the way up it. <laughs> Prepare to hear that on our uh, heat I'm, callback. I'm very sorry for all our listeners if you had volume up when that happened. <laughs> sorry about that. But all he right. also yells in Dog Day Afternoon too. No, he doesn't. He just says Attica, Attica. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Leo. Numero cinco. Because um, I remember I prefaced that Daniel Day-Lewis role was yeah. very like immersive. Yeah. My number five was Joaquin Phoenix as Arthur Fleck oh, in Joker. Duh, yeah, uh, I should have yeah. put that together. And it also was like a, I had a hard time jostling between those two because they really just became the character. Yeah. Um, but I ended up picking Joaquin as my number five. Um, I mean, just the the way he just gives himself to that role, you just feel tortured. The weight loss is just as crazy as the Christian Bale weight loss. So um, do you, I mean, I'll get to it because he's obviously on my list and on Ryan's list. Um, do you think that now knowing that he does suffer from like social anxiety and suffers from his own, bat- he has his own battles that it pushes the performance up for you because he's tackling oh, yeah. stuff that he may, he may not deal with like, Specific, that specific type of mental illness, but it's like he um, has his own ex- dealings with that he goes through. I mean, to be fair, I mean, regardless of his, pro, his own personal demons and his personal issues, like um, I, I think it, 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 it maybe it enhances it a little, but I just think the role, the, it's just the, the performance alone is mm-hmm. yeah. Like I don't, because I'll be honest, sometimes his personal stuff, with like the awards and the, the different speeches that he was given about like his how he was trying to push certain agendas mm-hmm. going forward, sometimes that kind of threw me out of it. Mm-hmm. I liked the role for what it was. The performance okay. was incredible. And what's your uh, scene favorite scene for him? I mean, there's so many, mm-hmm. but um, with him, it's at the very very beginning with the opening scene with a tear that comes coming down the eye. Oh yeah, when he's the trying camp, to force himself. Yeah. To yeah, the yeah. camera's just focused on him, and I think those are the roles that I, those are the, the scenes that I love, where mm-hmm. like the actor's just with himself. The quiet scenes, yeah. yeah. Uh, my number four is another previous Joker, Jack Nicholson. You 
he, Randall, made, he made your list. Good Randall stuff. Randall McMurphy oh, nice. in One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest. Oh, I thought you were saying he. I thought you put the Joker as no, no, I was no, like no, two no, Jokers not, on not your Jack list. Is, no, not Jack as Jack Napier. <laughs> one, yeah, one Jack and One Flew Over a Cuckoo's Nest. Um, and I just remember that my whole life when I was little, I only saw Jack Nicholson in Joker. Yeah, right. So I was just like, oh, that's oh, that, that's his number one movie. And then when I started watching like, other no, stuff that he's done, like, oh my gosh, Jack Nicholson was an incredible actor. Yeah. Um, and my favorite scene there is the uh, when he's trying to get the game on the TV and Nurse Ratchet keeps pulling, pulling it BS down. Yeah. on him where they're like he gets he gets um he gets chief to vote and he's like come on you got to change the channel we got the vote we got the vote um that that was my favorite and now it. and now you can watch Jack Nicholson as Leonardo DiCaprio in every other movie <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a shame it's, it's a shame. crazy how they're marrying each other in appearance that's it, gonna be Jack Nicholson is Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer. Once DiCaprio is Jack Nicholson in Jack Nicholson's movie, it's going to be Oh, my God. If Leo plays Jack Nicholson in his biopic, it's over. It's over. It's over. Uh, My number three and my, I guess, my my sole female performance in this is Meryl Streep. In Sophie's Sophie's Choice. choice. Sophia, Sophie Zawatowski. Um, But, dude, when she has to pick between her kids. So, this is like. That movie to you is the there to me that is like there will be blood is to you. I don't like Sophie's choice as a movie. Okay. I think that movie is extremely boring. Okay. But she is that whew. performance, yeah. And that scene where she has to make Jeez, that choice. Man. And there's so many other scenes to pick from too, mm-hmm. but just the heart wrenching realization that like in her trying to save everybody. She couldn't even save. Uh, yeah. It's it's so sad. Um my number dos is Al Pacino as uh, Mikey Corleone in Godfather At least it's two. number two. Yes. All righty. And then hold that thought. Yes. All righty. So my number five is Robert De Niro in The Godfather Part Two as Vito Corleone. Um, obviously, I think this is his best performance. I think uh, I remember watching Godfather Two right after Godfather One and um, – I saw Godfather 1 on TV, and I immediately went to the video store to try to rent 2 and 3. Oh, shoot. And um, there were the big cassette tapes, the dual cassette tapes. Jenny knows from Titanic. And um, the first thing I was like, wait a minute. Why is Robert De Niro speaking Italian this whole movie? And why is he not? I had heard that Pacino and De Niro were in it together. And the fact that they don't have a scene in it. Yep. But, like, that's besides the point. I think De Niro is – he captures all the – innocence of Vito when he first arrives to New York and what he eventually becomes. Yeah. And the reason he becomes that is just to make better for his family. And he knows that he has no other choice. And I think he captures that beautifully. Yeah. Hard working, like everything that you can see. He's everything. Michael's not. And I think that's why that movie's perfect because it shows his rise. And we already saw Michael's rise in one and why Vito never really had a fall, he just died. He just got older and died. He got, he got older, older and died. And well, he got shot first, but yeah, you know murdered. what I mean. He got older and died, but he never really had a fall like Michael. And I love that you're able to see everything regarding his rise. And I think he tries to do a Brando, too, with, like, by the end of the movie, he has mm. the, the pieces in his mouth that Brando had. And if we're going to talk favorite scenes, I think the one-shot take, the one shot of him murdering Fernucci, right before. Fun fact: that I is the that. scene He's that climbing over the like the yep oh, over I the season. On fun fact: that is the scene that ends tape one. 
and then it goes right into tape two. Uh, but yeah, that scene and where he kills the Don that killed his mother. I think yep. those two scenes yep. are fantastic. Uh, my number four is Anthony Perkins from Psycho. Nice. Norman Bates. Um, I think there's something so different from that performance as opposed to anything around that time. I think if anyone watches has seen Psycho, you see this guy is like this just innocent mama's boy that you would never think would have done what he did. And that's all credit to Perkins' performance. Because if, I mean, I watched it at an age where I knew who the killer was because it's just... It's such a troll. It's just a troll thing to do. Um but I picture myself when I watch this movie now, I put myself in that theater in 1960 as someone that's just watching. Oh, my God, he's such a good son. He shouldn't be getting rid of the body, but he's doing it because he's a good son. And that's all because he makes us believe that. And I think now watching it, I pay attention to everything because Hitchcock is Hitchcock. Yeah. The scene that gets me is the scene where he's talking to Arbor, Arborgrass. Arbor, yeah, Arborgrass, the... The PI. Oh, okay. And he completely changes his tune from like confident, I'm gonna be this, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend my mother to the sense of anxiousness and nervousness. And the I think the perfect shot that captures that is he looks Abergrass is looking at the book with all the signatures and Hitchcock captures Perkins going over the top. So you'll see him like the camera follows him from back to front. And then when he sees that Marion Crane's name was there, he the camera pans back Swoops out, back and then he's completely changed hmm. his demeanor. I think that, that's perfect. And I just like, um, I do like the scene where he does clean up the bathroom because there's no score. It's just him being a son cleaning up his mother's mess. I think that's perfect. And it's a shame that he wasn't nominated for an Oscar for that. Because he is perfect in that. Um, number three, Joaquin Phoenix. Um, I wasn't gonna. I was gonna put this a lot lower, but what's the point? <laughs> I don't need. I don't need this to age on me. I know I'm gonna love him more and more every time I see it. Um, fun fact: I watch this at the gym because it's the only movie I actually have downloaded on my phone. Fun question. Yes, that's your fun fact. What's up? Is there a place that you haven't seen this movie? Well, now that I have it on my phone, <laughs> I think I've seen it everywhere. And I've captured more and more and more and more watching this movie. And I watch it in clips. Don't get me wrong. I don't fucking start from the beginning every time. I just watch clips here and there just to get me through, like, the elliptical and stuff. And um, I think Joaquin's performance is the best performance since my number two. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, uh, Stacy just watched Joker, like, two days ago. What'd she say? Um, similar to our reactions when we saw it months ago, right? Um it's like you can't believe the fact that you're somehow feeling sympathy for such a homicidal murderer. And he's not really that until until well the I mean, end. You, in, in your life, did you ever think you would ever say the words, "Oh wow, I feel bad for Joker"? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I think um, I Ryan. Can I assume he's your number one? Uh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can you can chime in here too because I don't want to I don't want to take your shine away if I say anything that um that you may want to say. Um, but yeah, like I think that with, with his performance there, I think one of the things that gets me the most is that, like you said, it's the more subtle things. So I was watching this. I was watching it. This was like a few weeks ago. I was watching it. And like, I never noticed where 
he's Murray's like, I'll introduce you as Joker, blah, blah, blah. And he's about to sit down and you see like an emptiness in his face when he puts the gun to his uh, under his chin. Mm -hmm. Like his eyes. Just look at his eyes there because it is a, it. There's nothing there. There's no one home. He's accepted that he's going to kill himself. And he is he knows that it's the right thing to do in his eyes because it goes back to I hope my death makes more sense than my life. In my life. Yeah. Um, that scene there is not my favorite scene, obviously. But I think that is captures that performance the most to me because it just shows how empty of a person he is because everyone just seems to not care. You know what I mean? No one really cares whether he's okay or not. And going back to Killing Joke, um, all it takes is one bad day. Yeah. The guy's had one bad life. But I think something I've recently noticed when watching these scenes is that it still is one bad day yes. because the only thing that's keeping him sane is his job. The day he loses his job is the day he becomes the Joker. Well, yeah, you keep it. If you keep a tally of like everything that happens in the, the course of this film, yep. right? Like he he loses his job. He finds out his mom has been lying to him. Yep. He loses. Well, he realizes he's been imagining his girlfriend. Yep. Um, his heart gets broken by his idol. Um, it's like, geez, loses man. his prescription, loses yeah. his medication. It's like loses he, the one person he thought was listening to him, and then realizes doesn't listen to him. It's yep. nuts. It's nuts. Right? You want to add anything to that? Just, I mean, we talk about how it's a comic book movie, it's a comic book movie, but I've talked about on here. It's also a very big mental health movie, and I think that's what I love about it. it brings so much of that to light. It's insane that this movie came out right when I hit rock bottom with my mental health, and then I get I saw it again afterward, and it still struck so many different chords with me. And just and the, and for me, it's not as much a scene; it's a line. It's a line that's repeated in my head. Like I have down here for a scene, I have all the talks with the uh, therapist, the therapist, but I have to say it's um. The hardest part about having mental illness is having to pretend you don't. Yeah. Seeing that line just, oh, like seeing those words written is harder than any line to hear, in my opinion, in that entire movie. People want to say, oh, it's gory. Yeah, one guy gets his face bashed, and so what? There's a lot worse than video games. Trust me, I know. And, I and other movies. You're yeah. 100% yeah, right. Yeah, that too. 100% right. <laughs> it's, um, a, it's crazy that like when you rewatch that movie – and Leo, you recently rewatched it. Re the it, only yeah. gory scene is what Ryan just said. Yeah. It's the one in the apartment. That's yeah. it. As far as graphic really violence, the blood when Tarantino's done spoilers. worse. You don't see the blood when, spoilers, he shoots De Niro. You don't see any of that. You see him maybe a little messed up, like beaten from after uh, the car crash. But the most blood is that one scene, which is a lot worse in so many different movies. It's insane. Like It's such a great movie. I think it's a movie that will define... The decade, it's, and that's why I'm heartbroken it didn't win, but I get why it didn't win. Um, but it's a movie that just, that, like, it's my second favorite movie of all time. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's going to age very well. Yeah. I think we're just in a climate that everyone's, it's a very hard time for this movie to come out. Yeah. yeah. And I think because of the time for living, I think this movie will age very well. So I'm with you, Rye, on that. I think it's, very important in the long run. All right. Uh, and then just to finish up, my favorite scene with in Joker, I would say there's so many. Um, 
So I like obviously the stairs is now iconic. Um, the finale where he pretty much becomes the kingpin that we know as the clown purse of crime because all his minions were there yeah. when he puts a blood smile. Um, here's a scene that probably no one's talked about. Uh, I think Joaquin's one of Joaquin's best scenes in that movie outside of uh, the subtleness of the scene in, in Murray's dressing room was the um, when he finds out when he goes to Arkham and he gets the file. Yeah. He's the file and he just like. He's crying, but he's laughing because he just obviously he can't control the laughter. And you just see how heartbroken he is in that scene. And then it shows a clip. It clips back into him in, um, in his apartment just laughing because he can't do anything else. I think that's really, really strong. All right. So moving on to my number two. Uh, number two. Real quick. Yeah, with Joker. Everyone go take the time to go watch Cinema Wins. Joker is a two-parter, but it's worth it. And. It made me love the movie even more. Cinema but. Sins or Cinema Wins? Cinema Wins. Okay, they have cool. like an anti-version of it where they said the good stuff about it. Oh, okay. Alrighty. <laughs> and then my number two is Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight. Um, as I look at this, like the performance as a whole, Joaquin is unbelievable. But I'm looking at um, what Heath is given. And yes. if we're looking as Heath as the Joker... And Joaquin is the Joker. We're looking at the same amount of screen time, about 23 to 25 minutes. And if the performance at that point, and I still think it stands the fucking test of time, that performance is so unbelievably great because of where we started with the casting (laughs) and where we end up with, unfortunately, Heath's death. But the the performance in itself, it shocked everybody. I don't think anyone was shocked with Joaquin being this good. To be completely no, honest no, no, because if, if you paid if you paid attention to Joaquin Phoenix as an actor, you yeah. knew he's capable of greatness. Yep. And I remember um, you weren't on at the time, Lee. I think Ryan, this is around when you started coming on more often. Actually, said I'm like, oh, I we announced Joaquin being cast on this podcast, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of interested now. I remember my exact words. I was like, I'm kind of interested now. I wonder where, like, I'm a little hesitant on Todd Phillips. But Joaquin's is that good. Was Joaquin announced after Scorsese left? Mm-hmm. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So once Joaquin got cast, I started getting intrigued. I was intrigued because of him. Before yeah. that, I think all of us shitted on the idea. Yeah, because Joaqu- Joaquin doesn't pick trash. Yeah, per, per, exactly. But uh, going back to Heath, I think Heath changed the the way we look at comic book characters in a way of like outside of the genre fans of the genre i think people have a respect now for the characters thanks to joaquin and heath but heath is the predecessor to that Heath did something that i never thought would be seen on film he made the joker feel like real life yeah and i've always said i think heath joker is a ptsd army vet from like iraq that just like they that just like travis bickle just fell through the cracks and just knew that anarchy was the only way to to get everyone to listen to him. Um his my favorite scene is uh the interrogation scene. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what won him the Oscar to be honest Literally, with you. Yes. I think that's his Oscar scene. Um within that scene where Batman is punching him and he's like just laughing in his face. It's like you <laughs> you're not going to do nothing. Nothing. Nothing's nothing going to bother me. So you can do whatever you want. Um and I also love that the fact that the Joker in that scene is the Joker because in terms of his tricks, because he tells Batman to go to the wrong place because he knew who he was going to pick and he was going to pick Rachel and he was going to kill Rachel. Because in, te- in the end, the Joker kills Rachel. 
So that's mm-hmm. that scene is perfect. Uh, alrighty. So I'm gonna transition to my number one, and then we'll back around. My number one is Michael Corleone in The Godfather Part Two. Nice. I think this is the greatest performance of all time. This is not me. I literally feel. There is no better performance in the history of cinema than Al Pacino in Godfather 2. I think, um, uh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, Jen kind of picked my favorite scene, so I can start from there. That scene in the... I'm uh, your wife. I know you. That scene Aww. in the... Where she tell where Kate tells him she's leaving him. It is... And you told me the behind the scenes of this scene too that they were dating at yeah. the time. That's insane. Yeah, she's just like, "Give me all you, give me all you got." Um, so I think it's not just them, the dialogue there. I think it's Coppola not shooting Diane saying the words. It's him shooting Al's face changing while she's saying the words. Um, on top of that, you just see a. A man that just completely self-destructs from beginning to end. The beginning of the movie, he's similarly to Godfather 1. Everyone's going to him. However, they don't have the same respect that they do for Vito. And you can tell. They're fearful of Michael. They they weren't fearful. There's love for Vito. Vito is loved. There's no love for for Michael. Everyone's afraid of him. Um, I think he captures that beautifully there. I also love the scene with um, where he goes to. Oh my God, I'm drawing a draw, drawing a blank. Frank Vantangeli's house, where he goes back to his old house, mm. and he's like, "Do you know that people had me killed?" And then he's like, "In my home, where my where my wife sleeps, where my children come and play with their toys." Um, I think there, and most importantly, a scene that no one talks about is the scene with him and Fredo. In Havana. Yes. Because Michael Corleone is a very smart man. He didn't need Fredo to bring that money. I think that's I think he knew then and he wanted to test Fredo. And then Fredo's like, I wish we had more moments like this. Michael's not giving you that moment to be a brother. Michael's giving you that moment because he wants to know. Yeah. Actually, I had I had that as my favorite scene for uh, for, for, for Michael Godfather too for Michael that Havana scene, bro. It's like it's uh. and honestly, like I think this another thing. I think this performance is just wonderful for everything, but it, a lot of it has to do too with um his facial his mannerisms, yeah. like the scene where he finally quote unquote forgives Fredo, mm-hmm. and then you see his face while he's looking at Al Neri like it's time, and he wouldn't kill him because of his mother being alive. It's just like. It's 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 perfect. I don't think there's anything for me that comes close to that as the best performance of all nice. time. I think that is number one with a bullet. It is nice. perfect. And Leo, my number one is actually Heath Ledger and as Dark Joker Knight. in Dark Knight. Yeah. So it's funny because like you mentioned the amount of time that he's the Joker, right? Yep. 20, about 25 20, minutes. 25 right? minutes around. But there. when anyone thinks back to what the Dark Knight is about, you don't think Christian Bale. You don't think huh. about Katie Holmes being recast. You think. <laughs> Heath Ledger as Joker. You think back to all the scenes. The interrogation scene is just probably one of the most iconic Heath Ledger scenes ever. Um, it's funny. This morning on the way to church, I actually um, I caught a piece of uh, The Patriot. And Heath Ledger is in that. Oh, yeah. He's Mel Gibson's son, he's right? He's Mel Gibson's yeah. son. He's a young kid. And he's like, and I remember back then, Heath Ledger was just like a pretty boy. Like, he, no one really saw him as too much of like a threat as far as acting is concerned. Yep. And he just gave himself to this role so much. Uh, but yeah, my that that's my number one. Best and then he did Brokeback Mountain, and that's when he really took off. And then yeah. he did Dark Knight. Yeah. So it's it's sad 
I think he would have won more Oscars. I just want to put that out there. I think there. he could have. I don't know if he would have because I think you've kind of opened my eyes to like the Oh, how hard it is to win number two? Yeah. yeah. Politics and everything. Yeah. But I think his talent would have absolutely pushed some really amazing performances. Yep. Alrighty. So, Jen, you've listened to all our lists. Who'd Remember me and Leo had women. <laughs> <laughs> uh I think they're they were all really really good lists. I this think isn't very... politically correct. You need to pick a list. Oh, do I really have to? Because I really like. I was thinking There's like no going into this, trophies. I was going to pick a list, but then like they're all very. You have a lot of similar choices. I think we you've all done your homework somewhere. really well. And if they had to pick a winner at last night's dunk contest, you have to pick a winner in this. Oh, <laughs> do they really? I know what the right answer is. <laughs> I just want to video her and say, how do you? It's like, the, your co-host and husband? I feel like that would be like, no, I everyone's going to think I'm going to pick you. That's not the answer that I think is the right answer. What's the right answer? A three-way tie. Oh, a three, can we uh, do that? Well, it's, it's your show. You're technically... I guess that's it's, true. It's literally your, I your show. I make the rules. Oh, yeah. what a cop out. I will say, remember the day you actually changed up the list just because you realized this is your show? So that's you could. true. I do what I want. Um... <laughs> All right, it's a three-way tie, guys. <laughs> Great Yay. job. I think many of our listeners can enjoy your list. We would be interested to hear. So if anybody wants to reach out to us on Instagram or email us or shoot us a DM. Slip into my on DMs. All our, our Facebook, um, Facebook, Instagram. Let us know like if you differ because we'd be interested to hear that. And no, I think you guys did a really good job. I think they're all really, really strong performances. Yes, I would have added a few more females up in there. David. But yeah, it's the all females me this you, time. you <laughs> did have me. were good. You can't go wrong with Meryl Streep and uh, Gal Gadot in Wonder Woman. I did so, give some good ones some props, yeah, though. mentions, yeah. Um, you did. You had. Although I would probably, but then this is because I didn't see Gone with the Wind, but I don't deny it. Um, I would, my fit, Vivian Lee would be over for streetcar it would be that would be my yeah. pick oh right, she's the wind. so so great in that um but yeah so three-way tie congrats oh for anyone God. that's listening and we're hyped up to hear who jen would pick they must be so disappointed <laughs> oh, right yeah, now is, they, they turned off unsubscribe unsubscribe <laughs> subscribe and leave us a review guys leave us a review <laughs> you guys choose the winner leave them at definitely oh, need. Yeah, oh yeah that's decide. good maybe we'll do that you know what i like that we'll list what? out your list uh on instagram and we'll have our audience decide with a poll. Sounds good. All righty. So until next week, see you at the movies, kids. Laters. Bye. Bye.